Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 198. Yeehaw! Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do who fans? Welcome to episode 198. Hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something Doctor, Doctor who, who related. related. Coming up in today's show, we actually have some some worthy news and merch to go through. Yes. Which is always nice. Mm. And then our review of that Torchwood story that <laughs> nobody likes. <laughs> but do we like it? Mm. Actually, mm. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it's. A, I, I knew it'd be an interesting one when it came to the, the listeners' comments. And um, yeah, they've been varied, so it will be good when we, when we get to review that later. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. How have you been, buddy? You've been up Very to Very interesting. <laughs> um, what have I been up to? Not a great deal, my friend. I've just been um, suffering majorly from post-con blues. I don't know uh, about yep. you. But just after uh, London Film Comic Con, I was just like, that Monday, I was just like, oh. And I, uh, last night I was on the iPad just sort of flicking through. Where's, you know, is there any little event I could get to? It's like I need a little fix. I need a little... Uh, little con to go to i think what it is is actually i need i need a we need a meet up actually i was thinking this it's not necessarily like meeting the guests and and stuff like that i, I just miss that meeting up with fellow who fans i think we need to arrange a meet up because that's that's what yeah. I, I miss you know um because yeah. when we went to the pub afterwards it was brilliant just everyone just chatting and a few people have messaged me since saying you know oh you know we got meet up again it was so cool <laughs> and so yeah yeah so apart from that um i had a couple of little deliveries this week i had um the new sonic arrived from character oh yes to the toy yeah. i see a few people have got this and a few people have managed to get hold of the U- us one haven't they yes um and we've you know, we've managed to see both, and I think we can both agree the US one's much better. Uh, I'm not going to say too much because I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be filming a review of it um, this afternoon after we finish recording. So I'll, I'll save most of my thoughts for that. But um, okay, yeah, mixed reaction to it. It was kind of, it was cool to get something Thirteenth Doctorish, you know, a bit of Thirteenth Doctor merch. Um, but I, I'm not overly impressed with the actual toy. Um, but the actual Sonic's growing on me. So a bit of a mixed reaction. Right on right. this one, but so uh, yeah, so yeah, that's cool. So um, I haven't really had much else through the post. Actually, I've been quite good. I think I'm just still broke from LFCC. I've actually not been able to buy anything. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't really had a chance to watch any classic Who since we last recorded. Uh, I kind of miss Twitch, to be honest Ooh. with you. I miss, I miss being able to just like 
put it on in the background, you know, like I know you can go and get a DVD and stuff, but the thing is, you know, then everyone in the household has to watch it. Whereas on Twitch, I could just put it on the laptop and carry on doing what I was doing. And it was just there, you know, so mm. I'm kind of missing Twitch a little bit. Uh, where it comes to classic who so yes. so yeah so that's been me mate not a great deal just uh, yeah just to do sonic which is which is okay um and it's good to see other people getting it as well it's nice to see you know who fans embracing the merch that's mm. out there even if the reaction to it's a bit mixed because it's been a bit dry for a while hasn't it, it? has been yeah and it's been a bit dry. Like we've said a few times when we've gone into FP and there's been absolutely naff all on the shelf and I think hopefully when we next go in there yeah, yeah. When we next go, I was trying to think what's coming out. Yeah, when we next go in there, there should be some Thirteenth Doctor merch on those shelves. They should be able to flesh it out a bit, but because there's that doll coming out, there's mm-hmm. the Titan figures, there's the Sonic, there's that rock candy thing. No sign of the Funko Pop yet, though. No, that, that doesn't seem to have made its way over, and I'm quite gutted about that because I actually really like the look of the Thirteenth Doctor Pop. I don't know about you, I really did like that. Yeah, but it hasn't, it hasn't yeah. made its over way over to the uk yet um i haven't even seen any on ebay I, i've searched it now and again and uh can't even see it on there so don't know what's going on with that mm. it normally takes a little while doesn't it because mm. um, that was a a san diego comic-con exclusive wasn't it it was yeah yeah, yeah. which is which is weird because it's not a i know we haven't had enough of a uh a, there's no chance for the variants of those funko pops to go through the mill yet mm. so it's only the standard you know 13th Doctor in the standard costume. So it's nothing... Do you know what I'm trying... Like, normally when those San Diego Comic-Con ones come out, there's, like, one of the characters are in a different costume or they've got a little yeah. accessory. It's, like, something about it that makes it an exclusive, if you like. Whereas this one, yeah. it's not... Um, there's nothing special about it, if that makes sense. It's just the standard 13th Doctor figure. So I don't know why it's so restrictive at the moment. No, it's weird you say that, because I thought exactly the same thing. Like... I can only assume that maybe in the regular one to be released, she'll have a Sonic in her hand or something. I don't mm. know. It's there must be something different about it because I thought the same thing about the Titan figures. You know, the big, the big six point five ones mm. that they did for SDCC because that's the Thirty Doctor in a costume. And I was thinking, so if that's the regular one that's limited to the convention, what's the one going to be that sort of gets a general release? Like, what's going to be different about it? Because, you know, that's like the normal doctor there's nothing different about it you know exactly what you were saying like they did a different color top but yeah it's a bit strange isn't it unless they're just again unless they're just going to put a sonic in the hand and rebox it i don't know we shall have to see it's very strange we don't know what's going on yeah normally um forbiddenplanet.co.uk they normally put um a a pre-order up at least for the um the sdcc stuff that comes out each year Mm. fairly soon after the event but uh, I've been looking on their website for the last week or so and there's been nothing on there so strange mm. Mm. actually I've just, I've just I can't believe I forgot to say this I'm just um, talking of like going into Forbidden Planet I went into because I was up in Middlesbrough at the weekend saw our good friends the Who Addicts and I also got to go around and see Ben Lett you know the host productions oh yes um very briefly got to got to go in his room where he fills his videos my god his collection is something else it is incredible he's got all these lovely cabinets and they're filled with figures and oh my word i I just wanted to just stand there and stare at it it was incredible (laughs) um but yeah it does remind me that i also went um to forbidden planet international the shop you know the Mm -hmm. other fp um that they have in middlesbrough 
And they had absolutely, they had the new Sonic, just two of them shoved up on the shelf, and they had the doll, the 13th Doctor doll. Right. Yeah. And that was the only merch they had of Doctor Who-wise in the whole shop. Um, and obviously I bought the Sonic, and uh, yeah, I have to say the guy was a bit grumpy. <laughs> he was just, I was like trying to be my usual cheery self, and he was just like, all right, mate, yeah, like $14.99, please, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that, yeah, that was pretty cool. So I did get to do that at the weekend, which was quite fun. But Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean about FP International. Mm. Uh, their shop seemed to have uh, really sort of dumbed down on the, um, like the, the whole sections dedicated to a certain franchise, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Well, they used to have a little Who section, mm-hmm. but there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, I went into one in Edinburgh a couple, um, last month um, when I went up there for my wife's birthday. And we went in, they've got uh, a fairly sizable store up there in Edinburgh. And uh, exactly the same thing, mate. It was just uh, barren of, of Doctor mm. Who merch. There was a couple of, uh, there were, obviously they had some Funko Pops there, which seems to be the thing. And uh, and that was pretty much it. I mean, there was a couple of they had like the blue satchel bag. Um, I think they had a teapot and <laughs> um, and something else. It was like a really old bit of Doctor Who merch. It was you know it came out years ago. It was um, yeah yeah. It was just uh, not good. No, not I'll good. tell you. I've just remembered they had one other little piece of merch on their sale rack was which was a pack of Doctor Who Christmas cards. <laughs> Wowzers. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. I nearly bought them as well. I was thinking, well, you know, it, it'll be a, in mm-hmm. a couple of months. Should I get them in advance? But I thought, no, I won't. But <laughs> they look of, terrible. Um, talking of the uh, of normal forbidden, I, I shouldn't say normal forbidden planet, should I? No. It's but, so confusing having yeah. to. The other one. For, so the, the one that's. Um, so forbidden planet international is when we reference the UK website and their shops. Uh, yeah. When we just say forbidden planet, we mean forbiddenplanet.com or. You know the the mega stores with the big rocket ship as their the logo. big rocket, yeah. yeah, the good one, yeah. So I went into the London one last week actually, mm. because uh, I have to go into London once every couple of weeks with work to the office there, and it's only about a twelve minute walk from there. Yeah. So I went round there, and they do act, they do have the Thirteenth Doctor um, figures. You know the the Jody figure, yeah, the, the doll or the or the Titan, uh, the. No, it's not the um, it's the actual figure, if that makes sense. You know the Jody figure, the ten-inch one. Yeah, no, 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 not that big. Um, you know when you just you know when you just buy a normal action figure. Yeah, it's that they've got those. They've got those on the shelf, and they've got the little kawaii, kawaii, kawaii things. Yeah, they've they got, got those, have they? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm trying to, oh, you know, the the figure I'm talking about. Oh, it's ten inch. Sorry, the ten inch figure. I thought it must be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it must be. Uh, sorry, mate. Yeah. Um, and they still doing this god awful bloody blue and yellow. Yeah. Packaging. I, you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not struck on the packaging. Um, because yeah, I thought with the new Doctor, we'd see some really cool. Yeah, I, I, it looks very kiddie, doesn't it? Does. it? it looks very yeah. young. Uh, yes. aimed at the younger market uh, the packaging hmm. yeah talking of um, miserable staff by the way uh, <laughs> I uh, Here we go. I, f- I phoned around uh, a couple of my local B&M's yesterday trying to get these new oh, yeah. sets yeah. you know there's the third doctor with the TARDIS which mm. I, I really like the look of that set um, and there's a couple of other figure sets as well I think there's a, like a 70s with 
fourth doctor and there's a capaldi set of a pearl figure that looks dreadful but um yeah but i re- really want those new sets especially the tardis and they were supposed to come out on monday and uh, apparently they've been delayed but i phoned around a couple of stores my God. well i really wish <laughs> character wouldn't wouldn't make them exclusive to b&m because a it makes them hard to get b you can't order them online so you have to just constantly keep phoning the shops to see if they've got them because you know you don't want to drive like none of them are close to me so i've got to make a drive to get to either of them uh, or a train <laughs> journey actually right. um and so so your only option is to just constantly phone the store every couple of days and say have you got them because of course we know as soon as they get them <laughs> You know, greedy people go in and buy them all and then bung them on eBay. And I'm just, yeah, it happens every time with these B&M sets. So, yeah, I phoned, phoned them on Monday and uh, both stores were like, oh, we've already had people phoning. We haven't got them. Oh, right. You know, <laughs> just really? really like, yeah, oh, sorry for, sorry to bother you. Sorry to have bothered you. You know, it's just, oh, man. Crikey. I had the same, I had the same with the last set, actually. It really, it's one of my, it really infuriates me. It burns the bacon, as you would say. <laughs> burns you would the say. bacon. It really does, yeah. It drives me mad when, when these B&M sets come out. Just trying to get them before all the eBayers grab them all. It's just, it's, you know, it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Or trying to find a store that's actually got them, <laughs> you know. So, But yeah. I will. I'll make it my mission. Somebody said to me last night, you're going to do one of your B&M Quest videos? I said, yes. Yes, it's already started. <laughs> it's, you know, so yeah, I'm looking for. I am looking forward to getting that TARDIS. I've seen a picture of it hmm. on it Twitter. Yeah. It does. Look, I don't get the whole black base thing. That it's got like a black base. It looks weird, but um, but I don't know something about it. I, I, I kind of want it. Yeah, mm. we have a half's furious. Oh no! Because well, because we we you know we I was saying to him, oh, well, I'm trying to get these sets and. Oh, God, not another TARDIS. He's like, we don't need another TARDIS in the house. Like, yeah, but it's a special repainted one. <laughs> it's a special one. <laughs> a special one. I said, it's going to be really hard to get. And, oh, yeah. You know, the the the, tr- the 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 troubles of being a Doctor Who fan. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so that's all they had in that FP, um, in the London one. Yeah, those two Titan variants, so the Kawaii one and the normal. They, those little 6.5-inch... Uh, figures aren't they yeah you i i have an issue with um the kawaii one i'm not going to say what it is but when you watch my review video on when it comes out well it'll be the day this podcast come out on the friday i think you'll find it quite funny (laughs) (laughs) as i was feeling i thought you'll be you'll be laughing at that because it is one is something that drives me mad when it happens with a figure and it happens with this one yeah you'll see yeah I'm not a fan of these ones, mate. You don't like them, I know. No, there's been a few people that have tweeted us to say, look, look, we've got these cool figures up on the shelf. And I'm because I'm not a fan of the Kawaii versions anyway. Um, No. And the standard Titan one, she just looks like a, this face is not good, in my opinion anyway. Wait, I guess I don't know. You might wait till you see the video. Okay. I do a good close-up of it, and I I beg to differ. But right, right, we'll see if you agree. You yeah. you might not agree. Okay, but I'll I'll, but, I'll await your um your awesome yeah. review. It's going to be one of those where people are either going to say, "Oh yeah," actually, or it'll be like, "What are you talking about? It looks dreadful." But we'll see. <laughs> mm. Mm. So I can't I I can't wait for the Funko Pop though. I'm I'm up for getting that. One. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I hope that maybe it'll make its way over when the new series starts. Possibly. Possibly. Mm. Yes. whatever that is indeedy um i haven't been up to anything mate doctor who wise i watched um i watched a classic the other night though i watched horror fang rock haven't watched that in a while oh, i haven't watched that in a while yeah it's a good one isn't it? yeah it was a good one and uh, i had a small delivery it was just the um it was issue two of the seventh doctor comics 
Oh, yes, I got that. I haven't oh. had a chance to read it yet. No, me either. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, fairly quiet. Mm. They're lovely, actually. The covers on those Seventh Doctor are. comics, yeah. aren't they? I know you don't normally get all the variants, but we've you have with this one. I you? have with this one. Yeah. yeah, same with me, mate. I think they're really nice, yeah. They're very cool. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, should we land this and do some news? All right. DWAS, the Doctor Who Appreciation Society. DWAS. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Anyway, it doesn't. Uh, they are planning to uh, uh, honour uh, the first Doctor, William Hartnell, uh, yeah. with one of those very prestigious Blue Heritage plaques, which is awesome news. It's brilliant. Yeah. Isn't it for, for fans of Hartnell? Uh, I'm very pleased. Yeah. Very, they've done it a couple of times already. So they've done it with John Pertwee. They did this a couple of years ago. Do you remember they did a, uh, an event as well? They invited him. Clarity Day. Along. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So they did that for Pertwee over at the uh, Wimbledon, Wimbledon Theatre. Yep. And they also did it for Verity Lambert as well over at the Riverside Studios a couple of years prior, prior to that. Mm. And, um, they're essentially planning to do the same thing for William Hartnell. So they're going to um, try and get some funds together uh, to do it at Ealing Studios in West London, which is a perfect fit, obviously, uh, for this. Um, so the reason why they're doing it at Ealing is because uh, a lot of the um, uh, Ealing was used uh, loads throughout the 60s for lots of filming um, Yeah, uh, for Who. Uh, but it was also where they filmed... Um, uh, the the first shot, I believe, um, over at Ealing for the for the series. It was the very last one where, you know, where the TARDIS is kind of in that sort of deserty, rocky landscape, and then you see the shadow of one big of the big shadow, that's yeah, it, sort yeah. of looming into the mm. into the shot. Uh, so that's where they filmed that. Uh, so it's a really fitting sort of you know place to to put his plaque, which is cool. And uh, in previous years, I'm guessing they're going to do it the same way where they'll do some kind of fundraising thing to get, because it's not cheap at all to to do this. You need to apply for things and get permission, and then you actually you know, have to fund the event, which I'm sure they're going to do, the same way they did with Pertwee, yeah. uh, and the actual plaque itself and all that stuff. So um, they've said that in the next few weeks or months, they're going to announce uh, uh, plenty of ways that people can join in and, and raise money to do it, and uh, and they want everybody to take part in the fundraising. Um, so that they can get it all done properly. Mm. And uh, they've said that every uh, every fan that helps raise uh, funds will enter a competition to win tickets to the unveiling, which will take place in the company of friends, colleagues and family of Hartnell. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so if you want to keep up to date with this one, uh, you need to go over to the DWAS website. Uh, and also they've got a Facebook page as well. But if you just go to dwasonline.co.uk, uh, there are details over there for it, and you can stay up to date with with what's happening. And they've also got a Twitter account and, and all that stuff. So uh, we'll report when there are stuff, when things are happening, when stuff's going out that you can get involved in. Uh, but even so, this will be a really cool event to try and get to. Um if you're in the UK or in the southeast and get into London, it'll be very cool. So, yeah, I love this. 
Mm, I, I'm actually thrilled about this, mate. I'm really um, genuinely thrilled to, to read this because, uh, you know, I, lo- I love Hartnell's Doctor and I, I like Hartnell as, a, as an actor, you know, he does some great films as well. Um, and I, I just think, like you just said, it's the perfect place to have a blue plaque for him as well. Ealing Studios, just just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I wasn't sure was, um, like, I always thought Ealing Studios was sort of closed off to the public and i i don't know if i've never been there so i don't know why i'm thinking that i could be completely wrong but i'm assuming it'll be somewhere where the general public can actually see it mm, yeah won't just be closed off but yeah i'm very excited about you know the fact there could be an event there because i went to polarity day for pertwee and that was great they had like you know katie manning john levine uh in um richard franklin sorry and um yeah and they showed like uh some classic episodes mm-hmm. from Bert, where you, you know on a big screen and it was a great event really wonderful atmosphere as well um so if they do anything similar to that for this yeah it'd be brilliant actually mm, very yeah, cool. so i have to keep an eye on that i think mm-hmm. and uh and i'll tell you what just talking about twitch earlier i've noticed hartnell's getting a lot more love from fans since, since twitch. twitch i think yeah. i think a lot of people watched Twitch and discovered Hartnell perhaps for the first time, or maybe they got to really get into his doctor. Cause I've noticed that he always seemed to be overlooked. We've said a lot of the time. Um, and I'm just, I just noticed a lot of sort of first doctor fancy to have popped up since Twitch um, on Twitter. I'm basing this on, you know, a lot of people. So it's great to see Hartnell getting some love. Yeah. Very cool. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. On to other news. It's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> Series 11, has wrapped. Principal photography finished on the 3rd of August, which was last Friday. That's mm. so all done. It's in the can, ready to be edited and spruced up and music's put all over it and special effects galore. And it's all there, ready to, to hit our screens in whenever. But yeah, it's officially wrapped, the BBC told us. They put up a nice um, picture of a clapperboard with uh, that's a rap written on it and a big rainbow flag and and stuff. So yeah, very cool, mate. We now know that series eleven is is almost upon us. Almost, it feels like a a very big milestone, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, because it feels like. Because um, I remember when you and I were talking on whatever episode it was back in whenever when that we we first got the the news in that you know. Uh, Chibnall was taken over and there would be a new everything and, and all that stuff. And we said at the time, oh, that will fly by. You know, before mm. you know it, the new series will be on and everything. But I must admit, mate, it does feel like a bloody age since uh, we spoke about that and uh, we haven't got any Doctor Who on, on the TV yet. So it does feel like a cool milestone that you can tick off and we're almost there. I, I agree with you, actually, normally, because I think Series 10, we were like, oh, it seems like ages away, and then it seemed like before we know it was on our screens. Mm, yeah. This one, I will agree, it does feel like ages ago. And I suppose it's only Christmas, isn't it, that we got twice upon a time. So it's, you know, it's less than a year, but it, it does. Yeah. It, the, I think the anticipation for this, maybe it's just because they've been so tight with the sort of spoilers and stuff and everything that it's just, they've yeah, kept everything yeah. so under wraps, I suppose. It's... um. You know, which we both like, but yeah, it does feel like an age since since um, Jodie was announced already. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But good news though. Good news that uh, nothing's been delayed or they're behind schedule. I'm not sure what the schedule was, but um, it's good news that they are. We're in August, and they've they filmed because I think if we were getting into September and they were still filming, that probably wouldn't bode too well with uh, getting it out. In you know. 
because I think September, no, uh, September or October is being touted as the potential month that this is going to go out, isn't it? I, I didn't realise they, they cut it so fine with the film in there because I always assume they, I would have thought this would have wrapped a good few months before it airs. I, mean, I don't know, it still seems a little close to the boat. Like, so it'll it'll probably air perhaps next month and they've only just finished filming. So they'll be mm. editing it and, and and all that right up until the last minute. It does. It still feels a bit tight to me, but maybe that's what yeah, TV schedules yeah. are like. I always thought they film these things well in advance, you know? Yeah, um, I think, but, well, it depends. I mean, I think, uh, oh, well, I'm assuming anyway, that all of the visual effects and everything will be well underway and that'll all be, yeah, you know, getting done. So I think it will just be a case of Chibbers and some other people sitting down and doing the edit and getting it all tight and looking good. So, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome news, though. It is, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Just brings it a bit closer to us. Yeah. Uh, and talking of uh, Chibbers keeping everything on lockdown and so on, a final piece of news <laughs> is a, a very small update on the uh, the BBC over in the US um, trying to pursue the the mole, the whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, we 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 told you guys that uh, the BBC was was in the in the throes of tracking down whoever leaked this small clip from series 11 it is 11 isn't it yes yeah, yeah. and uh, we've got a small update so uh, this is bbc worldwide by the way this is not um, bbc in cardiff or anything like that uh, on the 2nd of august we told you uh, obviously that they filed for uh, a, a subpoena to try and find out who who leaked the stuff and we got a couple more details so what they're trying to do is then they're nagging microsoft essentially um and yeah you've heard of anyone that's sort of tech savvy will have heard of these uh online sort of cloud drives things like dropbox and uh onedrive and and google sheet you know google drive all that stuff so microsoft version onedrive apparently this is where the clip was when it was shared uh, so somebody's onedrive account uh, there was a, an image, uh, sorry, a, a, a video file. So img underscore i563.trim.mov um, was uh, apparently put out online from this OneDrive account. So what they're trying to do is get Microsoft to reveal the details of that user for that mm. drive, which will obviously then... It's a bit of a Sherlock Holmes thing, you know? It's a bit of mm. a sort of, you know, follow the breadcrumbs and... And hopefully uh, you get to your suspect. Uh, so what's happening is the the subpoena that they've requested um, doesn't need to be approved by any sort of judge or anything. Um, all that needs to happen is um, the, the, the paperwork, if you like, just needs to be checked over. And if it's all correct, then they can go ahead. So it seems like a fairly straightforward thing. But I think like mm. most things that you read about in the press and whenever these things happen is I think it's just time. I think it just takes time for the legal system to put paperwork through and all that stuff. But it seems like they are get, getting a little bit closer than mm. where we were before because when we reported this, I think it was the last episode, um, I think, uh, or the one before that, um, I think it was just, yeah, the BBC have, have gone to court and that was it. You know, So we have a mm. few more details, but it's uh, they're definitely on the right 
the right course to track mm. down this naughty person. But then oh, again, yeah. you don't know where this clip has come from because naughty person just could be a middleman for whoever it came from. Mm. Like yeah. you said, it's breadcrumbs, isn't it? I oh. hope whoever did leak it is absolutely bricking it right now. <laughs> I hope they're really like, oh, you know what? Um, yeah. And I really hope they catch them as well because I, what 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 will happen if they do though? Is it a fine? Is it? I don't know. What's the absolutely? Yeah, it's um, if they if if naughty person gets caught then it's uh if naughty person gets caught it's a well i'm assuming it's a case of theft um copyright infringement and all the rest of it so um because you're not you know uh, well and also it's i think it's just the same thing that you know if people get caught for pirating movies and stuff it's uh Mm. you know it's uh all those things well you would think that they would bring down a heavy fist to make an example of them so if anyone else is planning on doing a similar thing well, this is yeah. it. I hope I hope they catch them. I hope they get massively fined or whatever. And I hope it discourages people from doing it again. It probably won't, but I, I hope it does. I hope it does so, too. Yeah, because I feel quite strongly about about this, to be honest with you. As, you. as anyone who listened to a few podcasts podcasts back will know, I feel quite strongly about mm. people nicking other people's work. And uh, I was quite cross when people were just dismissing it of, oh, it's only a little clip and we deserve it. We haven't had anything for ages. No, it's theft. You know, so... Yeah, I hope they catch them. I really do. And I can see yeah. Chivers gunning for them. I bet he's like, oh, tearing his hair out. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's completely out of order. And mm. uh, hopefully they do get fined and et cetera. Um, because nobody, because I think uh, some of the, th- here's the thing with people who do this stuff is that they do feel like they're behind a bit of a shield almost because, mm. you know, they're online and, you know, there's this sort of big, some people think there's this big grey area because they've put something out online and not physically. It makes it okay almost. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, we we went through this, didn't we, when we spoke about it before? But mm. uh, so I think if they can sort of get you know legally get into the system and and, and track them down, you know, future uh, people who are thinking of doing this in the future might be a bit like, no, oh, I don't know, because they'll yeah. be able to find me and where I got it from. And so yeah, we'll see. Mm, we'll see. Indeed. Uh, that's going to do for news. We have got a few bits of merch, though. Should we get him in? See what he's got? Oh, yeah. Dalek yeah. Tat. He was getting a few mentions on Twitter. He'll be pleased. Yes. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Doctor Who magazine. They're throwing out another one of their special Uh, editions. Another one? Another one. This one is called The World of Doctor Who. Right. The past, (laughs) present and future of fandom. So this is out on, well, if you're listening to this on launch day, it was out yesterday. So Thursday the 9th of August, it hits the shelves. And apparently this is the unmissable guide (laughs) Uh, that explores how Doctor Who fandom has evolved throughout the decades into the global phenomenon it is today. Right. And it has a beginner's guide to conventions. Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Web of Time, Doctor Who on the Internet, and Club Class, The Dawn of Fandom, by the people who were there. Who were there? Oh, am I there? 
<laughs> I've seen some of your very old photos of when you met. Yeah, I know. You know yeah, Tom and Tom Davis. Baker. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you were one of the early. Yeah, well, well I wasn't asked to be in this. I feel you were a trail wounded. <laughs> I was going to say, shall we speak to um, DWM uh, tweets and find yeah, out what the heck's going on over there? I'm, I'm probably too old to be in it now. I think you have to be under 21. Now, now. <laughs> I, I Keep jest, the gloves I up. jest. Keep the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I'll skip this one. What about you? Um, yeah, I, probably, I, I must admit, the thing is, I used to really like these Doctor Who specials that the magazine did because they used to come out quite infrequently. Yes. So you'd get like four a year, which was nice because it means they were special. <laughs> you can't just keep throwing them out every other week and call it a special because it's it's not like this. This this feels like about the 20th special in like the last few months they, they've been doing loads of these things um yeah, yeah i don't know it's not really grabbing me I'll, I'll have a flick through it in smith's when it comes out i'll probably pick it out. it's got a nice picture of tenant holding the uh cover yeah i'll have a flick through it in smith's to see what it's like i think what was the last one they did because i remember it thinking well i won't be getting that and then um and had then a flick through it, and actually, yeah and actually <laughs> it wasn't that bad actually i can't think what it was now it was it was a lot better than i was expecting because i remember a bit like this i was thinking you know, won't be getting that. And then I've, yeah, it was wasn't too bad actually. But I don't know. The last, uh, yeah, the last one that I got, it might be the one that you got as well. It was like the 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 behind the scenes. It was like a visual effect. Yeah, it was. Had, it had Matt Smith and Clara on the motorbike on the cover. That's it. That's, That's the last the one. one I got. Yeah, it might be that one. Yeah, because I think that is the one I'm thinking of. Where I was thinking, oh dear, you know, scraping the barrel. But actually, it was not bad. It was cool actually. Yeah, that's yeah, a good read. Yeah. So maybe this one will be the same, but um, yeah, it just, as I said, my main issue with it is how many specials they're putting out at the minute. It's hard to keep up with yeah. and it's, uh, it's not good for your bank balance. <laughs> no, it's um, to me, this one, it seems like it's going to be a bit thin on the ground with content wise. There's only so much you can write about how fandom has come from, you know, the early days, if you like, through to what it is now um, that you haven't read or heard about before. Um and also, it made me laugh earlier. The um, the the previous editor, Tom Spilsbury, uh, he put on Twitter earlier that he was uh, very tongue in cheek, but put out that they had cropped him out of the photo because the original this photo on the front of David Tennant holding the magazine. Yeah. The original photo is he's standing right next to Tom Spilsbury. Oh, is he? Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, obviously they've they've cropped him out because you don't want. Tom Spilsbury on the cover with Tennant that you know no maybe you do I don't know if you're a fan of Tom but uh, it was funny that uh, he tweeted the DWN tweets and said oi you know why have you cropped me out yeah he's been replaced by a picture of a TARDIS at least they got the right TARDIS from what I can tell so bonus points for that hey do you know what that's a minefield at the minute it is isn't it? for some reason whatever the fair play to BBC I don't know who it is, but fair play to the BBC or BBC Studios or BBC Worldwide or BBC America, whoever it is, fair play to them for their branding over the last year that we've spoken about. They've really mm. unified everything. And if you want to get into the argument of new logo, logo on classic stuff, we can, you know, we'll talk about that till the cows come home. But overall, yeah. you know, branding has been awesome. However, why the heck can they not get the correct TARDIS on most things these days? Yeah, I know, it's weird, isn't it? It's a minefield. It is. And it's becoming a bit of a challenge now for, for, for Who fans because every time something cool comes out, like a new 
cover for something or like whatever it might book be. Or whatever, yeah. yeah, it's the first thing you do is right. Have they got the correct artist for the doctor mm. or the story? Yeah, yeah. Crikey, Moses. Well, look at. I think they have. It's hard to tell. I think they have. It looks. I like think it. they've got yeah. the right one. Yeah. yeah. I think they've got the right one. Right, cool. In other news, and this is great news, talking to Photoshop, actually, I'll get onto it in a minute, talking about the picture that goes with this. But um, yeah, some great news from Big Finish regarding the fourth Doctor. He's returning to eSpace. Yay. <laughs> but um, I, but yeah. yeah, no, yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> it's just that they're not coming out for a while. Um, so they've just announced that there's some new sets coming out um, starring Tom Baker, Lala Ward, and uh, Matthew Waterhouse. Oh, and John Leeson as well as mm. K9. So the, the original team back together on Big Finish going uh, back to eSpace. So there's two new sets coming out, um, but they're not coming out till 2020 and 2021. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. So you can pre-order them now, but they're not out for a little while yet. Crikey. Um, so hold tight, it says, for more adventures in eSpace, Volume 1 uh, is, out, is due for release in January 2020 and features uh, Purgatory, 12 by Mark Platt and Chase the Night by Jonathan Morris. And then volume two is coming out in February 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, it said 2021, didn't it? Anyway, uh, and that's uh, The Planet of the Witches by Alan Barnes and The Quest of the Engineer by Andrew Smith. So some good writers actually doing this as well. Um, so what was the uh, series nine will be released in January and February 2020 with series 10 then is yep. going to follow in January and February 2021. So right. yeah. um, they put up a great picture of Tom, Matthew, Lala, and John Leeson <laughs> all in a line. And it's a it's a great picture, actually. They're all happy and smiley and that. But I think, as a lot of people have pointed out, it they're not they've done a great job with the Photoshop, haven't they? They have they're not in the same room. There's no way they've recorded together. Um, they will have done it in separate studios and, and mixed it. But it's, it's it's a nice photo of them all that they've managed to put together. Um, I remember talking to Paul McGann about that, actually. I said to him um, how much I enjoyed his stories with uh, Sheridan Smith. I said, oh, I love love the Ape Doctor Adventures with uh, Lucy Bleeding Miller. They're great. I said, you and Sheridan work so well in the studio. And he said, um, do you know what? A lot of the time we weren't even in the studio together. He said, because she had, you know, she was in plays and stuff, so she'd record her stuff and uh-huh. I'd record mine and they just mix them together. And I was like, really? Because it's it, they really bounce off each other in those audios. And then, oh. so they obviously do a great job with the editing. And um, I get the feeling the same will apply to this. But, yeah, it's very exciting. I, I think it's great. I, I just wish they were coming out a bit sooner because um, I, I love this, you know, this TARDIS team. This is, you know, this is fantastic. You know, I love it. Tom more more fourth doctor and Adric as well. No matter what you think of Adric, that I think they work quite well together, <laughs> especially with Lala, especially with Romana and K9. So um, I'm well, I'm very excited about these, mate. Can't wait for them to come out. Really, don't want to wish my life away though. I don't want it to be <laughs> 2021 already. But um, yeah, it's really cool. I don't. I wonder if they've already recorded these. I know Tom Baker says he's recorded a lot. Mm. There's a lot in the can already done, there is. isn't there? Yeah. So, because I think he joked, I don't know if it was on the Big Finish website or somewhere else, he was sort of saying, oh, it's really weird to think, like, audios will be coming, being released, you know, when I'm long gone and all, because he's, oh, he's, he's yeah. going on about death, doesn't he, recently? Yeah. I think it's because he's perhaps getting on a bit, bless him. But, yeah, he was sort of saying, yeah, it was odd to think that they'll they'll carry on releasing them beyond the grave, I think he said. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it is, it's strange. He's obviously recorded quite a lot in advance. He has, yes. Yeah. And I would say that um, these have, potentially already been done or they're i think they might have been yeah being done now yeah uh, but it's extremely good news though that we've we have uh tom to look forward to 
up until 2021. So we have a few years worth of his cool adventures. And he is very good. We say this about all the doctors on Big Finish, you know, mm -hmm. but they are very good on on audio at the, at the Big Finish. And uh, not a bad thing either, going back to a bit of eSpace. Yeah, uh, yeah. Storyline, a bit of Series 18 action, which is not too bad. Yeah, because these are going to pick up, I meant to say, they're going to mm. pick up from, so they'll be set in between the, you know, like you said, Season 18, they're set between the stories State of Decay and Warrior's Gate. Yes. So they're, yeah. they're actually set between those two stories, which is cool. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. You can pre-order them now, as you said, if you go over to the Big Fish website. I believe so, yes. Yeah, you can. Yeah. If you go over there, um, as it stands currently, there's a little, on the Big Finish website, they have a little panel that says News, and one of the tabs says Fourth Doctor. If you click on that, it's then got a link to Volume 1, and that's it. You can't order Volume 2 yet, or can you? Uh, I don't know. But you can you can pre-order them already. They're £20 for digital and 25 for the CD. Very nice. There we go. Uh, and lastly for merch, uh, this looks very cool. The Five Doctors is getting one of those snazzy television soundtrack uh, CD releases. Yeah. In a similar vein to, you know, these have been sort of popping up over the last year or so. We had the Seventh Doctor releases, didn't we, last year mm. or beginning of this year. We had uh, Survival and... What was the other one? Um, in the blue they, case. They uh, did Ghost Light, didn't they? Survival, Ghost Light. There was the Daleks. Was it the Daleks? Yeah. And um, my shelf was it Crotons it. or something? I can't remember now. Yeah. Uh, but yes, anyway, these uh, individual soundtracks uh, are very, very nice. And the cover for this one looks beautiful. And um, yeah, so it's going to be a, a pretty hefty set for the Five Doctors. Uh, it's going to contain... 80 tracks. That's 80. 8-0. Mm. Which is very nice. And um, uh, so the story that went out, as we know, in 1983, which is the hour and a half special, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It's a, predominantly a Davison era story. Uh, but the music that went, uh, that was uh, composed by Peter Howe uh, and the, uh, at the Radiophonic Workshop um, has all been mixed it's all got a brand new mix, basically, um, for this. So um, they decided to mix it in Dolby Surround, and then they later upgraded it to 5.1 for the DVD, blah, blah, blah. So the mix on it and the mastering is very, very good because they, I don't know how to phrase this, they kind of did it properly, quote, unquote, uh, with the mix and so on. Mm. Um, so you've got literally every bit of music that was in the, the story uh, is on this CD. Um, I, I'm thrilled about this. I'm mm. so I love the music in the Five Doctors, and this kind of popped up out of nowhere, didn't it? Because um, it, yeah, it's a little while since we got those last soundtracks, and I think there was a bit of a changeover with the distributor or something. So it went a bit quiet for a while on the soundtrack front. Um, and I love the music in the Five Doctors. I don't know about you, I really love love the score for that. So to have yeah, it all yeah. is going to be great. Because um, when the when the fiftieth soundtrack come out, and you got like this mix of sort of little bits of music all put together in like a suite from mm. the five doctors i i, I mean I, I love playing that that mm. five doctor suite so to have it all is 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 really cool and i like the cover as well i think it might be clayton hickman this cover it is yep. not sure yeah, no it's clayton uh, yep it's clayton mm. and somebody asked in the comments um underneath this news item said is this going to be on vinyl and uh 
the person who runs the website um, has said, yeah, it will be. So I don't know how they know that. So it looks like we'll be getting a, a vinyl issue of that as well, which would be cool. Yeah, that would uh, be awesome. Yeah. They're also releasing the, the soundtrack the same day for The Invasion as well. Um, I'll be honest, it's so long since I've watched The Invasion, I can't remember the music from uh, that. No, so, I can't. Um, no. It, I imagine it'll be more sort of sound effects and things on that on that one so mm-hmm. i'll probably get both to be honest because it'd be interesting to hear but uh five doctors one i i can't wait i got a bit worried actually because when they first announced this on the news page um it didn't have a uk release it was just a us release of the cd and it was only literally i think two days ago that it finally come up you know oh you yes you can also pre-order it in the uk now and i was like phew it's mm-hmm. like oh, oh yeah i really want to get this yeah september it's out isn't it uh, it's not confirmed. All um, right, but people are saying it should be September. Fantastic! You yeah. can order it from Amazon at the moment, mm. uh, and it's thirteen ninety nine. It's all right. It's not too bad. Yeah, I mean for eighty tracks <laughs> of mm. music, it's uh, it's really really cool. I just keep really hearing cool. the Cybermen bit in my head. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It really is a. a, a an awesome soundtrack for that. It's a beautiful piece. I, I often listen to it like you. I listen to it a lot. Um, when I listen to that 50th anniversary set, I always go to this bit. That, yeah. You know, it's, it's very cool. Because you yeah. can picture the scenes while you listen to that, can't you? Like the Bessie being chased, that manic music, and then you've got the sort of minds uh, where they join the minds together and all that. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So that's going to do for much. On to our review. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Are we ready to be kind of upgraded? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I knew this it? is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> so yeah, Torchwood this week, back to the Torchwood reviews, and uh, this week it is Cyberwoman. What's down here? Normally, nothing. Who are you? Human point two. The army will be rebuilt from here. This is a fight to the death. We do whatever is necessary to destroy her. That thing is not human, clear? This ends here. I'm sorry. Torchwood continues Sunday at 10 on BBC Three. BBC Three, eh? BBC Three, yes. Good old BBC Three. Indeed. Rightio, Cyberwoman. It was out originally on the 5th of November, 2006. Remember, remember. Indeed. That's uh, a bonfire night, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, did this go up in flames? <laughs> <laughs> or no. did it just whimper like one of those Catherine wheels that never get started? <laughs> <laughs> Not many people would have been in on in the UK on the 5th of November. I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, anyways. Uh, it was directed by James Strong, written by Chris Chibnall. Yeah, there's a name that sounds familiar. Indeed. And... It stars the usual Torchwood crew from Series 1, so uh, Captain Jack, Yanto, Gwen, Owen, and Tosh. Um, And the story is thus. It kind of links into uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday from the the Doctor Who main show. Mm. And one of the people um, who was meant to be upgraded... uh, Yanto saves her and she's only been partially upgraded and he thinks it's a brilliant idea to smuggle her into the into the hub 
at Torchwood and create a secret underground base that nobody knows about. And uh, <laughs> decides that he's going to bring in this sort of uh, expert on uh, sort of um, robotronics or robotics, whatever, uh, to try and save her, essentially, to, to degrade or downgrade mm. From her cyber, yeah, from her cyber woman uh, augmentations and so on, because uh, her mind is still uh, as the Lisa, the character name, mm. and uh, Yanto thinks there's a good chance that she could potentially be saved, but all hell breaks loose when uh, her cyber side sort of kicks in, and uh, she goes on a bit of a murdering spree and decides that the hub is a great place to set, set up camp and get the army built up again from there so what do you think to this one adam mm. well just going back slightly i was there when this first went out and i watched it so i don't know what i was doing on firewood night back then but I, I do remember watching this when it went out um i remember thinking it was all right at the time i thought yeah that's all right and then there's sort of over the years it's got this reputation of being really bad doesn't it people really hate it mm. um i think i've watched it once since it aired which was years ago mm -hmm. so i you know didn't have very clear memories of it went into it, it was fairly fresh last night to give it a rewatch and make some notes for today and um yeah it it hasn't aged very well um i think it starts off pretty good because I, I think for the first sort of five maybe ten minutes i was thinking yeah this well you know this isn't too bad like it's it's not great but you know why does this get such a bashing i was sort of thinking about ten minutes in it was all you know the action was kicking in i thought yeah it's all right but it, for me this this episode just gradually gets worse and worse as it goes on so i think it starts off all right but but it just it yeah it just literally loses it for me uh, and by the end of it when i switched it off i was like Man, that was not great. That was not good. The, the, I found the ending really unsatisfying, um, to be honest. I just, the way it was wrapped up, and there were so many things that I thought didn't really make sense as well that bugged me all the way through as I was watching, you know. Um, and I'll just get one of them out of the way straight away. The fact that Yanto's managed to sneak this into Torchwood. You know, where they've got cameras everywhere. I know he's sort of in charge, so he could probably erase the footage. And But he's managed to hide a cyber woman in Torchwood Base. And, you know, it just did, it didn't really make any sense at all, really. And also, it seems to only be one level down. I just, I just didn't get that. And the whole cyber woman mm -hmm. conversion thing kind of is odd. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And then the ending, as I said, the actual the sort of final of it, there's all this big build up between him and Jack and the trust issue because he's done this behind their back. And, and I'm thinking Jack would have thrown him out. It'd have been got, it'd have been repcons. Is that what they call it? Where they erase the memory? Is it repcon? Mm -hmm. It'd have been repconned and out of there. And yeah, it ends with him sort of tidying the base, like a scolded T boy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, Jack wouldn't have had any of that. If it broke all these rules and, and done all this stuff, Yante would have been out of there and gone. Um, yeah, it just, yeah. it just, yeah. I mean, that's only the start of what's wrong with this episode for me, but yeah, overall, I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it's as bad as some people say. I, I think it's watchable. You know, I wasn't bored. I, I was sort of more like sort of cringing really at a lot of it. 
So right, yeah, right. yeah. So it's it's not brilliant. I don't think it's quite as bad as people make out, but I don't think it's that great either. Yeah. Mm. And there were bits of it that really did bug me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So not I'm not not a massive fan of this one. I think it's probably the worst episode so far that we've got to in series one. I think. Mm. Yeah. Because so what was the one with the lovemaking alien? That that was pretty bad. Um, but I think this is certainly on par with that and maybe just slightly worse, mainly because of the ending for me. It kind of really dropped out. When I was going to score it, the last 10 minutes just really brought this down <laughs> score-wise for me. <laughs> All right, Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a troubled story, this one, isn't it? Mm. Because I think the, I think the idea is, is okay. Yeah. You know, the, the concept for the story about having sort of a half human, half cyber person that could maybe be saved or is, you know, on the fence, you know, could they go cyber, could, could they go human? And, and that sort of exploration into that can be quite cool or could be cool. Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it was a, yeah, the, the story just didn't, It's not that it didn't grab me. It's just that I had no interest in it after about mm. 15 minutes in, really, uh, because it was just so predictable, if that makes sense. It was one of those stories where as soon as, like when Yanto brought the the, the scientist guy in, uh, Dr. Ta, Tanizaki, mm. into the hub to have a look, and when she was laying on the, the augmentation uh, table thing, and she started speaking in her normal voice and she recognized Yanto and like, oh, he's my boyfriend and all that stuff. Mm. I initially thought, okay, this is this is going to be cool. You know, what's what's going to happen here? But then when she strangled the doctor and then put him on the table, he got killed and then she started speaking in her cyber voice. From that moment on, you thought, well, she's not going to make it, is she? You know, no. She's going to be taken out in some shape or form. It's only going to end one way. Exactly, yeah. And so that's sort of, for me, I thought, okay, so she's, you know, this she's going to die. You know, she's going to get mm. either shot or blown up, or and the the way that she does get taken out is, you know, completely, um, you know, surreal to me. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a troubled story because it has like so like when we've re- reviewed lots of Doctor Who episodes on this show, you know, sometimes it's one of those things where the idea is very good. Mm. You know, and the concept is amazing, but the execution and the way it's, you know, portrayed to us as the viewer is just very, it just trips itself up sometimes. And I feel like this one also, it didn't make up its mind what it wanted to be at times because mm. it was a bit of a love story, you know, like a sort of uh, a doomed love story on one hand. And on the other hand, it was very, very action paced and you know when uh captain jack and the others are sort of when they discover that there is you know a uh not that they discover that there's a cyber person in in the hub but when they just discover that someone's broken in and stuff they all sort of spring into action and it's very military style um sort of action and lots of shooting and shouting and plans being put into place uh and then on the other hand you've got yanto like you know, sobbing like a bloody baby throughout the entire mm. thing. So it kind of, it sort of flits between the two. It's like an action-based military typical 
almost like a unit style story where you don't really the character the other characters in Torchwood to me so Jack and the others not Yanto but the others they didn't seem to exhume much of a with the exception of Tosh in a couple of places they didn't really exhume sort of much of a personality they were just sort of paint by numbers yeah to me if you like um yeah so i mean there, there's you know quite a few things that i mean there are some positives to it though there are mm. a couple of good things um so the like i said the idea and the concept are very good uh, i like the fact that every how we you know it's completely ridiculous and and unrealistic anyway but i like the fact that yanto's got like a secret project or something secret going on because mm. he does actually have it out doesn't he with captain jack at one point where he says you know you know nothing about me or my life you guys never ask about me you know and this is important to me so i, I like the fact that they've finally because for the last few episodes since the start when we've been recording it yanto's always been like the butler or like, you know, the T-boy. He's hardly been in it, yeah. Yeah, the T-boy. So it's good that we finally see a little bit more of Yanto. Mm. And it's cool that he has his own thing. You know, he's not just the receptionist for Torchwood, if you like. Yeah. So that's quite cool. Like I said, ludicrous as it is that he managed to get all of that equipment in there <laughs> and get it all wired up and actually sneak her in and all the rest of it. It's, you know, it's a bit far-fetched in the world of Torchwood. It would have been far better, wouldn't it, if he would sort of had uh, sort of hidden her out somewhere in like a remote building, and then the action all took place. It's just, yeah, um, it's probably a budget thing. Maybe they had to do it in the Torchwood set, but it would have been so much better if they'd have sort of, you know, picked up the Yanto was acting a bit odd and followed him, and he's got this hidden away somewhere, you know, somewhere else, and it, more of a threat to Earth as well. Then because she could escape, and you know, they could have had it that she was sort of in an underground bunker and she mustn't get out of why she, you know, it could have been much better. Cause like you said, there is a good idea in there, isn't there? Um, is, and actually, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that really worries me about, about this is the fact it is written by Chris Chibnall and, you know, is our new showrunner and the writing, I think, it, especially some of the dialogue is really pretty ropey. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, apparently the initial concept for this story was, was actually, um, you know, it was actually Russell T. Davis who came up with the original concept yeah. of this idea. So you can't even, you know, can't even give Chibbers credit for that, really. So that worries me slightly because I was thinking the other day, you know, there's not much of Chibbers stuff that I actually really like. I can't think of any Doctor Who story that of his that I really like. I really don't think the writing's very good in this one. So there's a slight concern when it comes to series 11. I've got to be completely honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. He doesn't fill me with confidence as a writer. Uh, judging by this and and you know the other stuff he did like dinosaurs on a spaceship and all that, I'm sort of thinking, God, I really hope he ups his game. Because um, I mean, actually, I can think of one thing I liked of his, which is uh, Broadchurch, <laughs> which is totally <laughs> different. You know, it's a good, it's a good, great series that was. But yeah, yeah. yeah but it did. Cause I kept thinking all the way through, Chibbers, mate, Chibbers, what what are you doing? You know, some of the dialogue in this was really ropey as well. Um, it was there were some really cheesy lines coming out. Um, and there's one bit, I may as well mention it now, actually, while I am think of it, because it really did, hmm. I just groaned like so much, was when um, Owen and uh, and Gwen are hiding in the sort of um, cabinet or whatever it is. Yeah. And they have this kiss. And I was just like, why? What? What's, what? <laughs> so unnecessary. Just so, it's the sort of thing the Moffat would do. You know, oh, they're trapped in a room. I know. Let's have them kiss. I mean, they're about to be killed, but let's have them kiss. And 
yeah there, there was so there was a few bits like that in this where i just really groaned i was like come on this is like you know this is not good writing <sighs> i know mm. uh, it's difficult because we always try and see like the positives in um uh, certain stories that are viewed by fandom as very poor or very bad and even ourselves if we think something's not very good we do try and find or mm. weasel out the positives but for certain stories and this is one of them it can be a bit testing to to do that i don't i, yeah. I mean looking at my list i don't have many positives i will give you one actually on was uh, i did think the direction was nice I, th- I thought the episode was shot quite well actually like there was lots of use of the water in the base you know the hub to reflect onto the cyber woman and it gave some really nice shots. And also when she's, cause a lot of this, it does evolve into one long chase sequence. It does. Uh, you know, yeah. about sort of 20 minutes in, it's just 10 minutes of running around chasing, which again gets really monotonous. So I will say on a plus side, I thought the direction was very good because there's some good shots of her, like sort of through sort of almost like seeing your their view of her so sort of you see her moving through the set and mm-hmm. you know i thought yeah he's, he's, he's you know it's a bit of imagination gone into how they've shot shot her trying to to actually track them down and hunt them down sort of thing um so yeah i did think the direction was good by james strong uh it's one of the positives i made and i thought it sort of looked quite nice apart from the awful um bird creature at the end my family it's really dated, isn't it? And I and I hated yeah. that as a conclusion. Now, as I said, when sorry to go negative again, but when they decided that was the way they were going to defeat it, I was just like, "What the hell, man!" Mm. You know, they just leave it leave it to be pecked to death by a giant. What's it supposed to be? It's a pterodactyl, isn't it? It's a, pterodactyl. Yeah, it's called Mufanwe. Yeah. I mean, that just yeah. again, I a bit of a let out a bit of a groan there. And obviously, that's not the conclusion because then the poor old pizza girl goes in. And I was like, "Oh no, not the pizza girl!" And I thought I, did, I thought she was going to get out alive. I, I couldn't remember what happened to her, but somehow, in the space of two minutes, um, Cyberwoman converts her brain into the pizza girl. Yeah, yeah. And that's as I said, that's just where the score just dropped off because I was like, "How the hell mm-hmm. did she do that?" And she's just got this sort of stitching on her head, and she, otherwise she looks perfectly normal. Just, mm-hmm. it, that's just where it lost it for me. The realism and, and everything just went out the window, you know. I know, um, mate. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so um, not- it's confusing in a way because I assume that Chris Chibnall and Russell T Davis, like every other film or TV maker, wants to try and make the best sort of you know, show that they can make. Mm. And it's confusing in a way that when this was done, I I would just love to have been, because they're not unintelligent guys, you know, and they clearly know what's good television and what's bad television. So it would Mm. have been really interesting once they had seen the the final episode, once it's been edited together and so on, if they just sort of put their face in their hands and were like, what the heck have we just, Mm. just watched? Because... Unless you're sort of in the zone, is the best way I can describe it. You know, if you're sort of in the zone and you think you're making like amazing TV and you think it's all good because you're in the hype of it when you're making it at the time and all that stuff. I don't know, but um, it's kind of confusing because, you know, you've got two of the best writers in television, Chibnall and and, and Russell, Mm. who are sort of working together on this. They must have been. Because this yeah. was the the actual concept and the story 
behind having a cyber person that was um, born out of those Army of Ghosts and Doomsday stories. That was Russell T. Davis' idea. He really mm. wanted to do that. And so he would have worked with with Chibbers a lot and quite closely, I would have thought, on this. So it's really, it's kind of at odds with reality to me. Mm. You have two of the best creators in TV and the, the best writers who have turned out, you know, potentially one of the poorest stories in the whole of Torchwood, mm. you know? So I don't know. It's kind of it just, I think it's real. probably, yeah, for me, I think it's one of the, it's one of the most disappointing things we've reviewed. I, I, I don't remember sort of feeling like this about many of the stories you can wait, you know, as yeah. I said, I've very little positive to say about it. Um, and I think that's quite rare. Like you said, normally, even with stuff like, um, time flight, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, we can see the good and bad in it and yeah. see where they've gone. And there are redeeming features with this. There's very little redeeming features. And I think one of the biggest disappointments is the cast actually, because you know, sometimes when you get a bad story, the cast managed to make something of it. True. Yeah. And um, yeah. with this, it's nice to get to see a bit more of uh, Yanto because we've hardly seen him. So we get to explore a bit more about his character. And we find out that he had this girlfriend um, who's been, half cybertized and that's like you said quite an interesting start right there but but then yeah the rest of the cast so we, we get giggly torchwood at the beginning and if the, the sort of you know like when you say a cast is gelling really well at this mm -hmm. point like sarah jane we've said haven't we by episode sort of two three the the cast are just really gelling brilliantly the cast in this so this is episode four now is it of torchwood yes yeah the cast are not gelling naturally to me it feels really forced. That scene where they're all giggling and joking down the at the bar and <laughs> it's so over the top. Do you know what I mean? It's not natural like it is with the Sarah Jane team. They actually, you feel like Sarah Jane is very motherly towards, you know, the kids and stuff. It feels right. This, it just feels like, yeah, now we're going to go into in two seconds. Giggle on cue. Giggle now. You're all happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're down the bar. We're Torchwood. Oh, Joe, you know, old oh, Jack, you're so funny. It just, it, it, you know, the cast are just not working for me at all yeah, as, as a yeah. team at this point. I think, you know, from my memory, I think they do get, they must get better because I remember liking Torchwood. So it must improve. They um, do. It's, they do. They, it will yep. do. But to me, yeah, it just even the cast were just not holding this together for me, you know. Especially in those scenes at the start where they're all supposed to be having a laugh. <laughs> it, it just, yeah, just didn't feel, didn't feel like the, the cast were on top of the game in this one. It, yeah, we'll go through the cast members actually, so I'll hold back on what I was about to say, but yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I'm, I'm on the same page as you, buddy. It's, uh, I found a lot of the dialogue, we'll come on to um, two characters in particular that I thought it might surprise you actually, that I thought were quite poor in this, but mm -hmm. uh, I thought, yeah, the, the, it just that's why that's why I mean it's very surprising that you have RTD and Chibbers who have put this out there who you know as we've seen over the years and hopefully we'll see in series 11 I hope so you know especially Russell you know one of the great it just his character and that's why it's so surprising because he's so good how many times have I said on this show that mm. Russell T Davis is one of the best writers for characters yeah yeah you know so for building characters and making sure that they're not sort of forced in your face, but they have enough, just enough mm. little backstory in there to get you gripped. And then he progresses them so well over a short space of time, like 45 minutes, whatever. And then you've got Chibbers who, 
it's just brilliant also, you know, like you mentioned with Broadchurch and and uh, some of the other things he's wrote related to Doctor Who. It's just so surprising that the two of them have put something so mediocre out of torture. That's why I'm mm. that's why I say it's surreal. It's almost like someone's it's almost like someone's playing a prank somewhere where they've taken this amazing, brilliant story that they've written for, for a cyber person, but they've just locked it away and they've... No, I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels like Chibbers and RTD have wrote this amazing, brilliant story, but it got flushed down the toilet. Or, you know, it got, you know, lost in a tornado somewhere. Mm. And then they've got like a day to get the script done again because they're shooting tomorrow. So yeah. somebody's just gone, right, I think I remember that person saying that. Oh, mm. and I, I, I think they that person said that. Let's just cobble this. That's what it feels like. Cobbled together. Cobbled together mm. from this amazing first draft, but, you know, it's just been lost somewhere. And at the 11th hour, somebody's had to cobble together what they remember from reading the script a month ago. Mm. If, yeah, I'm trying to just, you know... I, I get where you're you coming from. from yeah. yeah. Um, Talking of cobbled together, what do you think of the costume that she has to wear? Because uh, a lot of yeah. made is made of that, isn't it? It's They've com- tried to let's let's not beat around the bush. They've tried to sexualise the cyber woman, haven't they? Of course they have, and it's ridiculous. It's completely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and one of the um, so when the when they were making Torchwood, this particular story, one of the things that was very poignant for them is that they wanted to make the cyber woman the most sexiest cyber woman that you've seen before. That was their their mission, if you like. Mm. You know, their mission wasn't right. Let's try and make a more realistic looking person that's been sort of half augmented, but is still half human. Let's try and make it like this real sexy, shiny, you know, and it's, I think that's one of the big, tripping up points is because when you when you when you try and make a character very sexy there has to be some kind of reason for that Mm. you know a cyber woman who's just been sort of half upgraded doesn't automatically turn out to be this real sexy looking custom made you know half robot person yeah you know it's a horrific horrible experience I, I actually felt very you know? sorry for the actress um, <laughs> because uh, she's wearing this suit, which doesn't really leave much of the imagination. And the bits that got me, and this comes back to, I think, one of the problems with series one of torture, just how they try to, they think they can, they think they've got to do stuff because it's an adult show. So it's a bit like, you know, oh, it's a bit like schoolboys. Oh, come on, mm-hmm. what can we get away with? Lots of swearing. They really up the gore factor in this one yes. as well. Uh, sometimes a bit too much. I mean, how many times do they show that face? of the professor with the eye it's like yeah we get it is is you know he's cut to ribbons and they keep showing it and keep showing it but but the costume as well that there's a bit where the professor gropes the the breasts on the costume and yeah, stuff and i was like yeah. i was like oh don't oh just why like you know it, i i felt really sorry for the actress having to be groped and wear that stupid costume which you know yeah. basically doesn't cover anything and and yeah, it, I just I just thought it was again trying to be adult, but actually coming across as immature. I read you. Yeah. If you know what I mean. No, so. yeah, I mean it's probably something that you and I will mention a few more times as we go through the rest of series one. That yeah, it almost felt like, as as you said, it's like we have the opportunity to be a little bit rude, 
a bit cheeky. So let's make the most of it. Mm. It's I, I use this reference a lot with things like this, and it's like the Doctor Malcolm of 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 this because that famous scene in Jurassic Park where he says, "Your scientists never stopped to think whether they could do this; they mm. didn't stop to think whether they should." Yeah, yeah. So they Doctor Malcolmed it. It's like you know, you guys have got the opportunity, yes, to throw in the odd swear word and do a bit of sexy here and there, mm. but it's like you're doing it for the sake of doing it. Because you've been told you can. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And you haven't stopped to think about, well, actually, does it fit the story? No, yeah. it doesn't at all. It doesn't there fit. is a bit, there is a, the F word I think is used towards the end, isn't it? I think Yangto uses the F word at the end, doesn't he? I can't. I'm sure he does. When they're, when they're going up on the stone pillar, I'm sure he, he swears at Jack. Uh, I can't remember what he says. I say, oh, here we go. So we've got the gore, we've got the you know, the, the costume. Now we've got the swearing tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, none of it feels natural. It's like, yeah. Oh, what can we get away with? You know, like yeah. I said, it just feels a bit immature to me, but yeah, yeah just felt very sorry for the, for the actress. I uh, really, I don't know why, but I really take offense to the bit where the professor groped her boobs. It just, Oh, it's just not needed. It, is it? It's, it's not, not needed. And he's supposed to be this intelligent, you know, but yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. I don't know why it just really got me. I was like, as soon as he did it, I was like, Oh, come on. You know, we're, yeah. we're, you're, you're better than that is what I is the way I would put it. You're better than that. You don't need to do that. Yeah. You yeah. can see why they got him to, to, well, you can see why he's doing that because he's just so in awe. In awe. Yeah. I get everything. what he's supposed to be doing. You know, yeah. And he's like, it's like but candy he's like grabbing her, her thighs as well. Know, and, stuff, and it's just like, come on. That, that That's yeah. why I say it doesn't fit because he's meant to be like this sort of doctor that's, you know, a, a world specialist in this stuff. And mm-hmm. you can see he's, he's like he's won the lottery almost. He's like, oh, my God, this is like the most amazing thing. And he's almost passes out with, you know, how in, in awe he is of everything. But And you can see he's sort of examining what's going on. But it's the way that he purposefully gropes and he's stuff. really pervy yeah, yeah. It just and again i've got i've got to put this i've got to put the foot of the blame at chibbers for writing this because it's the sort of thing the moth would do the moth comes out with these rude in you know like the scene with missy and the master when he's like you know should i be excited and like oh we don't need gags like that in doctor yeah, who yeah. and i can see chibbers writing this oh the doctor caresses her thighs and he grabs her metal boobs and it's like come on chibbers yeah. you're not you're not a you're not a 16 year old writing a you know yeah grow up yeah. and yeah. and uh, you're absolutely right because i think this does lead back to chibbers a little bit because not only mm-hmm. did he write this but he's credited as co-producer as well. Yeah, so yeah. So he would have actually, you know, had a, a fairly decent say on how this was put together yeah. uh, and how, you know, how it was viewed afterwards. So, mm. yeah, man. Uh, and going back to the Worrying. costume as well, the, uh, I think this is the crux of the story to me in terms of why it fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because of this costume and the Cyberwoman character. I think this is where it all falls down. I mean, the... the, the 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 two main things for me is Yanto's character and how he managed to get everything into Torchwood and do all that stuff. That's the first thing. But the main thing for me where it all falls down is the Cyberwoman character and the way she looks because she's meant to be like this sort of tortured victim of the cyber Cybermen. You know, she's meant to be mentally and physically just torn to shreds by the Cybermen, the sort of half-upgraded, half-augmentation thing. So she's meant to be, um, you know, completely 
just shot to bits mentally and physically. And in the same way that when she throws the doctor onto the, onto the thing and he gets like torn to, to shreds, doesn't he? And, mm. you know, some part of him has had like cyber men bits shoved into him and he's, you know, in, in a way that's what she should look she like. She should look like. Yeah, exactly. Because she's yeah. gone through a similar process, but they've made her look like this very end, end result polished product. Mm. You know, it's almost like that was what the Cybermen wanted her to look like and be like because she's yeah. so fin she's finished off and well polished off and everything, you know? Yeah. So by having her look like that and having her act like that, it just completely it just completely wipes away any kind of integrity that that character might have had due to the experience that she's gone through. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like, yep. um, you know, I love my analogies, but it's a bit like, um, you know, having somebody brought out on stage, it's been through her, you know, a horrific car crash or been through sort of, you know, a, a military experience. And then you, you expect to somebody come out missing a limb or, you know, but they just sort of strut out in a brand new suit and, or a bikini. Yeah. And it's like, what's going on here? You're meant to have been yeah. through this horrific thing, but you look completely, in fact, you look brilliant. Yeah. You know, what's going on? Yeah. So it, that's for me where it falls down. She's, in my opinion, she should look like how that doctor looked like after he had been shredded up and stuff. You know? Yeah. So she yeah. should be deformed and a bit grotesque and a little bit. Because the bolt in the eyes are quite a cool, I mean, it's quite graphic, but it's yeah. a cool, you know, you get the idea. Like you said, it's horrific, you know, yeah. but he's half transformed, isn't he? So, yeah. yeah. There's the another end, bit, sorry, go Yeah, on. in the end, we just end up with this sort of love story between this very, you know, pretty little cyber woman who looks very sleek and sexy and Yanto, and it just completely just wipes out any, you know, valid reason why she is the way she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree with you, mate. What were you going to say, Barry? Uh, I can't remember now. Sorry, mate, <laughs> it wasn't sorry. wasn't important. I think I was just going. I think I was just basically going to agree with what you were saying. Really, um, yeah. Uh, should we move on to the cast? Let's move on to some cast. Yes. Uh, actually, before we do that, just some story stuff, just very quickly. Um, what did you think to the? Because this is very uh, one of those very contained stories, and it's quite well known for being one of the cheaper um, stories to produce for torture because it's literally just three sets yeah. or two sets and a location so you've got the hub obviously where the bulk of the action takes place um which is uh underneath um what is it roald dahl's pass isn't it in cardiff yes yeah uh, and then you've got the basement where yanto uh, puts the cyber woman where all that stuff happens which is filmed in newport uh over at some big stately house somewhere uh, Tredegar House in Newport. So you got those two sets, and then the only other thing is you got the Torchwood guys down the pub. Sort yeah, of a location shoot. If Cardiff you know. Bar. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of having them sort of make the most of those two sets? Because that's literally it. That's all you see in the mm. entire story. Because they're sort of like you said earlier, it turns into a big chase sequence it for does. Like the last yeah. half, and there's only so many little nooks and crannies you can hide in within the Torchwood hub. But do you think they managed that quite well, or did you think, oh, this is we could have done with a bit? Because you mentioned earlier that it would have been really cool to have this happen off-site somewhere, where Yanto had smuggled her into like a a location somewhere else that's not Torchwood. Mm. So that would have been quite cool. 
It, it would have, yeah, I think it would have been better if she'd have been away from the tortured hub and maybe ended up there because it does make for a good setting, you know, the tortured hub and they've got all that stuff in there and they do make a nice use of um, building the tension that the only way to sort of, they have to cut off all the power at one point mm. and, it, and they can't regenerate it for six hours or something ridiculous. So that adds another element to it. So in that side of it, I quite like the fact it's all set in the tortured hub because there's sort of plenty to play around with. <laughs> and there's also loads of things in there, you know. Um, I mean, I can't believe out of all the technology they had in the first couple of episodes, they didn't have something that could just kill her. <laughs> that You know, I can't believe the best plan that Jack can come up with is to set the pterolaptal on her. I mean, that's what <laughs> I really, that really does bug with the hell out of it. Is that really the best plan You've got all this stuff in the tortured hub, you know what I mean? So it, on one level, I think it works. Oh, I guess if they've cut the power, maybe they can't open the drawers. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, it's just the fact that, yeah, Yanto's managed to hide her in there all this time just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think it would have been really cool if she'd have been sort of hidden away in a warehouse somewhere and it, it brings a slightly bigger threat because then she's closer to the outside world. Whereas in this, she's very much contained in the hub. And mm -hmm. like you said, it's predictable. She's never going to get out. You know, maybe if she'd have actually started walking the streets of Cardiff and was a, a real threat, maybe that would have added something extra to it, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Because um, I don't find her particularly frightening either. And I think that again comes down to the costume. You know, she just looks like a... <laughs> sexy cyber woman that's coming to get you and not moving very fast. Mm -hmm. And we've got the awful stomping thing as well. I hate the stomping, the Cybermen stomping when they make, <laughs> I hate that in the modern series. Um, so yeah, I think it works on one level, but, but I would have liked to have seen, uh, I would have liked to have seen a bit more out in the sticks really. It would have made more sense because no one picks up the Yanto's acting so strange either. I just, <laughs> it's like even for, even before they, leave the hub he's acting really weird and i'm thinking why are you acting like that you know you're making yourself look obvious mm -hmm. you know um so yeah it doesn't it doesn't really work i don't think overall overall but yeah. i think they used to i think they utilized the sets quite well yeah it wasn't too bad mm. uh, but i really like your idea mate of yan so moving her somewhere else and then have the threat yeah. sort of come across cardiff towards the hub and that would have been very cool I think, yeah, it would have been cool if he'd have, like, you know, sort of found a warehouse and he'd been sort of nicking bits from the Tortured Hub like they were in the other episodes to sort of build a unit to sustain her and keeping her hidden away. And then maybe they sort of pick up that <laughs> he's, you know, what's he up to? And they follow him and he's got this thing hidden and, oh, my God, it's on the streets of Cardiff and then back to the Tortured Hub. I don't know, it just would have made a bit more of a story of it. Whereas, like you said, in this, she's already in the Hub. We know where it's going to end. So it just, it just doesn't feel like the story goes anywhere, I suppose, um, in yeah, that sense. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. And what do you think about the, the, the scene with um, Yanto and Captain Jack up, up on the street where he gives Jack a bit of a right-hander and they have a bit of a to-do? I think Jack asks, asks for it, actually. I wanted to give him a right-hander in this one as well. Mm, we'll come on to, to Jack in a minute. But, yeah. Uh, that was a good scene. That was one of the positives I had down was, uh, you know, this um, scene where the cyber woman wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah. And it was the Torchwood uh, guys really sort of highly emotional at that point, especially Yanto. Mm -hmm. And uh, that sort of little fisticuff argument moment between I thought was really good. I, I think it's one of the, mm. yeah, I'll agree with you. I think it's one of the few scenes in it that I would say is really good because I do love the bit when um, 
Yanto says to Jack, you're the biggest monster of them all. Mm-hmm. And I loved that because you're sort of thinking, hey, up. Uh, bit of underlying tension coming out here who's been wanting to say that for a while um he's been storing that one up so that is a good scene actually Mm. um and also it's interesting because apparently chibbers was that wasn't i don't know why but that line was never intended to be in it i I don't understand that so they filmed it but they were never intended to include it but they left it in and i'm thinking well i'm glad you did because i think it's really interesting you know it sort of shows another side to yanto and also, we're sort of thinking, why is he saying that to Jack? You know, what's Jack hiding? Why is Jack the biggest monster? And so I th- I think it's a good, like you said, good scene. And I like that line. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. And that when, after Yanto punches him in the mouth, mm. uh, for the rest of the episode, Captain Jack's got a little cut on his lip. Yes. And everybody thought, hold on a minute. This doesn't make sense, does it? Because, no. you know, Captain Jack sort of heals himself and can't be harmed in any way. So I think uh, if anybody watches this on the DVD or the Blu-ray and you listen to the audio commentary track, uh, Chibnall's on there. And he does say that they have to, for the sake of not, you know, leaving a massive plot hole in place, they say that Captain Jack's uh, immortal powers only conveniently deal with anything that's life-threatening. So anything that's a minor thing, like a which, cut or which- a scratch is there. It doesn't make sense. I of mean, if that's the not, best no. he can come up with. Again, that's surprising from Chibnall. This is, uh, I don't know. No, I don't buy that at all. No. Uh, talk about some characters then. So what about Annie then, the pizza girl? <laughs> Poor original. old Annie. Old God, Annie. I yeah. can get over it. I, I really didn't think she was going to die, actually. I was quite <laughs> shocked. Um, I mean, I was even more shocked by the terrible explanation of having the brains transplanted in two and a half minutes and talking perfectly like a human. It was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she's not a bad little side character. Actually, I feel really sorry for her. She's, she's probably... Was she in it for about a minute yes. overall? She's probably one of the better yeah. best performances in it. Because <laughs> yeah, I thought she was all right actually. Who was the cat? Yeah. Beth and Walker played Annie. Yes. Yeah, no, she was all right. I just yeah, she just wanders in with the pizza and then gets her head chopped <laughs> off and a brain put in, and it's all a bit sad. Yes, she plays her. She plays it fairly well though. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah, yes. yeah. I felt she was she was likable enough for me to feel sorry for her. Let's put it that way. You know, sometimes you're like, well, I don't care, but I did. <laughs> I did care about Annie because when she was going in, I was like, no, quick, Annie's down there. Get down there, lads. You yeah. know, get get yeah. sorted out. Yeah. Uh, what about the doctor then, um, Doctor Tani Tanizaki, who mm-hmm. Yanto drafts in to try and reverse the process, uh, played by Togo Igawa. Mm-hmm. I've seen him before. He was in. A couple of things that I've seen. I think it was in the IT crowd very briefly. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, he's been in a couple of other things, but uh, he was in Doctor Who, you know. Was he? Yeah. He Which was one? in uh, Doctor Who. Uh, what was he? He played the Secretary General. I think it was it the Capaldi story when the pyramids and he was one of the uh-huh. country's leaders. I think so. I think it was that one. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, well, I, yeah. I don't remember it, but I, I actually... I didn't mind his performance. Um, just didn't like the way he was written as this pervy old doctor, to be honest with you. But I didn't, I thought his performance was all right. Um, yeah. But I just did, yeah, I just didn't like the way they, they wrote that character. Just like you said, he, he should have been in awe of it. Um, he should have been like, oh, wow, this is amazing, which he kind of was. Just didn't need all the pervy groping and all that that went with it. And uh, and again, I suppose that comes back to the costume again, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But no, he was okay in, in what he was given, I thought, as a, 
as, a, as an actor, yeah. Yeah, for what he had mm. to do, I think. What uh, he had to do, yeah. Yeah. He had a very small part in The Last Jedi. Did he? He did. Yeah. Mm. Captain Gowart, yeah. 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 Uh, but no, I thought his, uh, his performance was okay for what he was given. It was just the yeah. little pervy bits that we've mentioned that were a little bit... Yeah. Mm. But that's not his fault, though. I imagine he was not directed to, to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, dokie, what about um, uh, the Cyberwoman then, Lisa? Caroline Chakizi. I, I just feel sorry for her, really. Um, I, I don't think... I think her performance is very average. And she's sort of trying to be scary. I'm sorry to bring it back, but again, not really her fault, more the costume, because she's not bad, I suppose, under all of that. Um, she's certainly not bad, but I never felt really threatened by her. I don't know about you. I never felt any threat no. particularly from from her, but... I think, like you said earlier, just to, just playing it a little bit by numbers, mate. It's just sort of yeah, move around there, look menacing, grab mm. her, just felt a little bit yeah. But oh, she's all right. right. Yeah, mm. I found uh, that the 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 couple of times when she was at her best was at the beginning where the um, the doctor was there with Yanto and she was you know really sort of upset and distraught about what was happening to her. Mm. And um, and when the doctor first you know performs that very first bit where he. She he gets her to breathe on her own without the aid of the yeah. aug augmented stuff. You know she plays that really well when she's you know scared and she's all the rest of it. But the other times, yeah, it's again it's not. Mind you, having said that, my um <laughs> my wife used to watch this awful awful program years ago called Footballers Wives. No, no, I know, mate, I know. And she was in that. She had a, a fairly decent she? part in that for for a while. And I remember thinking, Christ, you know, she's an awful. You know, she's not very good at all. And no. then when I saw her in this, um, yeah, it was. Uh, she's she's just yeah. She's not great anyway. Yeah. Okay. And, and in yeah. this, she's not. Um, she's not pushing not, the boundaries. No, she does pop up again very briefly in Torchwood in the is next she? series. Very briefly, it's the same character. Um, but we'll come on to that. Oh, it must get, be a flashback. Yeah, when we yeah. get to our review. But uh, mm. uh, but no, she's um, not great. Um, but a lot of it wasn't her fault. I think, as we'll come on to in our final scores, for me, the script was just not very good at all, especially for her. No. Mm. And uh, and the costumes, obviously. Mm. Awful. Um, what about the Torchwood crew then? So Tosh, Owen and Gwen. Because those three seem to have a very similar weighted role roles throughout the story they didn't do anything amazing but they weren't quiet either they were you know they i think captain jack was you know as expected was the leader of the gang obviously mm. um but uh i think those three did a sort of similar thing you obviously had gwen and owen who went down initially to investigate what was going on in the basement and so on and uh then you had tosh who was very much you know trying to get the final piece of the puzzle in place. You know, she was the one that was hacking the doors and the locks and trying to get the yeah. that stuff sorted out. So like I said earlier, it felt like a they were sort of going by the numbers in sort in terms of it felt quite military based. Like Captain Jack issued the orders and off they went and mm. and did the thing. What do you reckon to those guys then? Uh, out of the three of them, I think Tosh is is the best because she's sort of got to stuff to do and she she's trying to get the yep. power back online and there's that scene where she manages to just get through that door yeah. and then the fist comes smashing through mm -hmm. um so she gets a bit more to do um yeah i didn't particularly like 
Owen and Gwen much in this. Gwen seems to freeze at one point when I think she's been directed to freeze as if she's so frightened she can't move. Did mm-hmm. you see that bit? Yeah. The cyber woman is yeah. coming towards her. She just stands like, like a rabbit in the headlights. That's weird. Um, and I hate the kiss. The scene where they're, they're in the hiding from it. It's, it's so out of place. It is. And, yeah. um, and I, and again, and I, I think this is one of the things that creeps in, in this series. And I, you know, I haven't watched it for a long time, but I remember hating all this, um, uh, Gwen, Mm-hmm. seems to snog everybody throughout the series and i i hate it because i like reese so much yeah, yeah. and i like their relationship so every time i see him snogging someone i'm like gwen come on you know reese is such a good guy mm-hmm. um and so i really hated that between the two of them it was as if yeah it just didn't need it at all um so out of the three i like tosh best in this this one yeah i like tosh yeah. i think she had a yeah. good one in this yeah for what she was given yeah yeah okay what about yandor Gareth yeah, David Lloyd. Uh, uh, go on. I was going to say it's 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 nice to finally see a bit more from him. Um, I think he's trying a bit too hard. There's a scene where he's crying, and it's so over the top, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's just it's it's not good. Um, I, I think in some bits he's good. Um, I, yeah, like the scene with him and and Jack. Mm-hmm. That's he's very good in that bit. Like you said, that scene. Is very good, but overall, it just seems a little bit inexperienced and um, not that convincing. I think. Um, right, right. So he's not. Again, I'm going to put him a bit on par. His his performance is on par. I think everybody's on par in this story. You know, in terms of their performance, he just doesn't. He's given a lot to do, but I'm not sure he quite steps up to the plate. If that makes sense, he's not as good as he could be. Yeah, I read you. Yeah, I found him just a bit of a wet blanket, really. Yes, think that's it. That's you what. Yeah, you can black. understand from his point of view what he's going through. So mm. you can understand that he's upset, obviously. But for me, I found the scenes where he's not crying his eyes out, and he did do a lot of crying in this yeah. story. Oh, like, yeah, it seems yeah. like every time he's on screen, he's, he's and sobbing. And he's got a or, real sort of face. Ooh, his cry face is not very good, is cry it? Cry face, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I found the scenes where he's more angry. I thought he was better in those, like the scene we mentioned with Jack. Yes. And, and also when he's... um. When he's really sort of angry, you know, he's, he wants to get back down to the basement before he bumps into the pizza girl. He's, you know, he, he wants to get back down there and see if mm. he can save her still. And he's quite determined. And so I think those scenes, he's he's actually pretty good. But because he does so much crying and sobbing throughout the whole thing, like I said, in a way you understand. But after a while, you just think, oh, for God's sake, pull <laughs> yeah. yourself together, man. Pull yourself together, man. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so and his cry face is not very good, and it, yeah, he's just not. I mean, like you said, it's good that we finally get to see a bit of an insight into Yanto because mm. we find out that his he actually has a girlfriend, obviously, and mm. she worked at Torchwood One in London, and we got a bit of backstory there, so that was all quite good. And we don't just see somebody making tea and yeah. ordering pizza, so that's all good. But what we did see of him was just a, a blubbering mess of. Yeah, pull yourself together, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Um, I must just quickly go back actually, because one of the what, one of the only scenes that makes me laugh in this is that tiny little scene with um, Kai Owen as Reese. Oh yeah, where his phone's yeah. Gwen, doesn't he? He's like, what's he saying? Can you record? Um, oh, what is it? Um, crikey, 
Because I, I want to say football is wise because you said it. it's not that, but it's something really cheesy. He's like, oh, do me a favour, love. Just tape uh, or whatever. <laughs> it's the only like light relief in the whole episode, it is. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, he's great in that little scene. It's only like 30 seconds long. Yeah. No, I forgot he's he was so in it. so likeable. Yeah. I know. He's so likeable, Reese. It's a cool love guy, Reece. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about Captain Jackman, Mr. Barrowman, Mr. Jazzman's? Well, one of the biggest disappointments in this for me is it's, it's just isn't just not very good, isn't it? Oh, I'm glad you said that. Oh, right. Yeah. Why do you think the same? Yeah, because earlier on when we started reviewing, I said that one of my yeah. um, things might surprise you in terms of performances, and this was it. I thought he was very poor. Very poor, and he's normally so good. He's yeah. normally quite reliable, isn't he, Barrowman? He's quite consistent normally. You know what you're going to get with Barrowman. Um, I don't know what happened with this. It's as if, I don't know if it's because he sort of takes a bit of a back burner and you know, the episode's more about Yanto. I don't know, but he's so unconvincing in it. And mm. he looks like he's laughing half the time when he should be like looking really like serious. And yeah. he just doesn't seem into it at all. It's as if he was given the script an hour before they shot on. Yeah, I can do this. You know, I don't need to look at the script. I could do, I, I'm Jack. I can do. He's just very, very below par. I thought in this episode. Mm. Um, and I'm going to say the only scene where he even slightly redeems himself is that scene with him and Yanto where he's like threatening to shoot him and there's oh, a good yeah. standoff mm -hmm. between the two of them. But apart from that, he's really below par in this. Yeah. No, Did I'm, nothing for me at all. I'm glad you said that, mate, because I feel yeah. the same because, uh, yeah, there was, because normally he's very, very good, as we've said in, you know, up until now, when we've, yeah. the previous ones we've viewed, he's been very good. But the way it read, the way that I viewed his performance in this one was in a similar way that you thought where he's been given the script and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. But for me, it felt like a lot of the the way that he delivered a lot of his lines didn't fit the scene and the other characters in mm. what they were doing. Because there were a couple of scenes where there's like the other torturer guys around him and they're sort of ready to act. You know, they're like, they can see that everything's kicking off and they're ready to go. But yet Jack is sort of shouting at them and yelling at them like they're doing something wrong. Mm, if that yeah. you know a lot of the yeah, time yeah. and he's sort of barking these big orders at them and he's very shouty and he's threatening them you know very much so so it almost felt like the director james strong has said right in this scene captain jack it says here in the script look john captain jack shouts yeah so he's gone into the scene and then he shouts the line but it doesn't seem to quite fit with what's going on. And then they say, right, cut, brilliant. And they get to another scene and it's like, right, Captain Jack threatens Yanso in this one, so I need you to be really threatening. Mm. So, but there's no empathy and there's no understanding. He's just got a gun to his head and... Yeah, yeah. He, even though he's known this guy for however long, we don't know, and he's part of the team, essentially, Captain Jack just treats him as a complete stranger that's just wandered in and has, you know, threatened them all. That's actually, that's one, you I'm know? glad you mentioned that because the, the, the no empathy thing is is something it needed he, yeah. you know he we know that she's got to die and he knows that but there is absolutely no empathy with um with it at all and also when he orders uh yanto to shoot her mm -hmm. it's just it's a bit too harsh even for jack yeah, yeah you know he's he's normally the guy that's sort of like yanto you know d just distract yanto i'm gonna go down there and sort this out just he doesn't need to see this, but it's got to be done, mm -hmm. isn't he? That's the sort of thing Jack would normally do. He'd be like, keep Yanto busy. I'm going down there. She's got to be shot. Yeah. He doesn't need to be involved. Just get him out of the way. Mm -hmm. But no, instead, he's like, there's no empathy. He's like, you go down there. 
you did this to us, you shoot him. It's, it's, it's just horrible. Mm. Um, and I don't like, yeah, I didn't like the performance at all. Again, I'm going to put a lot of the blame at Chibbers for the script because that's the way he's written it. Like you said, you know, he's written it like that. Mm-hmm. He's written Jack's character to be like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit down to Chibbers, but Barrowman just doesn't seem to be on top form in this episode. No, no. And uh, even when he's like dying, he looks like he's laughing. There's a, the first time he gets electrocuted, he falls to the floor. You look at his face. He looks like he's, mm-hmm. like, it just looks like he's just not into it. It's like he's not taking it seriously just yeah, at all. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. The very, one of the very last scenes where him and Gwen are up in the, the top level, if you like. And, you know, it's all just glass wall and they can see out. And Gwen sort of asks him a few questions and he looks down at Yanto and sort of nods to him like, you know, we're all good now sort of thing, as long as you clean the place up. And, yeah. Um, and sort of him and Gwen are having a little chat. I mean, that's okay because he's kind of sensed the tone of the scene, John Barrowman, to me. He's kind of sensed that everything's mm-hmm. quietened down. and yeah. But all the scenes previous to that, it just felt like there was a bit of a disconnect between him and the other people. It, it felt like... You know, the other members of the team are there to help you to sort the problem out. So why are you treating them like crap? Yeah. That, that's the vibe that I get from this episode anyway. But Do you, the, do you agree yeah. with me about the way he forgives Yanta so quickly as well? Yes, it's a bit... It doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't does fit it? either, does it, really? Because what was the... You know, the first episode, I've forgotten the character's name. Like, she's out of there. Because I forget what she does now, God, I've, my memory. But you know what I mean? The one that... Oh yeah, that's um, in everything changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean, if you if you betray Torchwood or you hide stuff from them, you're gone. There's no ifs, buts, maybe's where you know. He so it doesn't make sense to me that everything would just be, oh well, she's dead now. Go and tidy up the papers, Yanto, and everything's fine. Mm. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all that Jack would be like that, especially after being so harsh just ten minutes earlier. You know. So I agree with yeah. you about the scene. I think he's, it's a nice sort of a end scene, everything's calm. But it, uh, I think Yanto would have been thrown out of Torchwood. I think he would be, you know, he'd probably be working in a post office with no memory of what Torchwood even is. He'd be gone. That's true. If he did that. So yeah. again, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I think the the scene that they had planned as well as the final scene would have been nicer as well because uh, everything that the Torchwood crew have seen Yanto go through if if Captain Jack wasn't going to show any empathy towards him, at least some of the other people would have done. So there was a scene that they wrote where as uh, Yanto is cleaning up at the end, uh, Tosh actually comes over and brings him a cup of coffee and sort of sees if he's okay. But that was vetoed and they thought like an aerial shot of the hub would have been a more fitting end Mm. to the story which I don't agree with really I thought no I don't agree because no. the story starts with and is ultimately about Yanto so it should end with Yanto in my opinion but I, okay. I think it needed a scene between Yanto and, and Jack it needed a scene with them in the office talking talking it through and mm. and Jack because mm. I, I need an explanation of why Jack want, insisted that he shoot her but, you know, it needs to be more than just, well, you brought her in, it's your problem. Because Jack doesn't do that. Jack solves problems. So it, need, it needed an explanation for why he was so harsh. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it needed a resolution. It, you can't just say, oh, well, that's that done. Let's get, you know, let's get the kettle on. Yeah, you can't just yeah. do that with torture. So it needed, for me, it needed a scene between Jack and Yanto. And we didn't need to see it all, but we needed to see them rebuilding, mm-hmm. you know, the trust. And then maybe the camera pans back and next week everything's all all right. But we it needed something between the two of them. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. You're 
<sighs> Anything you want to mention before we, <laughs> we jump on to our scores? No, actually, I did have one other positive, which I completely forgot till oh, now, cool. Let's hear which it. was the yeah. music. I liked the music in this one. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's, yeah. an, is it our old mate Murray? I don't know. It doesn't tell us, but I thought the music was pretty cool. Okay. Is um, you know, quite eerie in places, added to the atmosphere and a uh, little bit of guitar thrusting coming yeah. on and stuff. So it wasn't too bad. I like the torture. I like the music in it, I mean. Okay. okay. What is being whispered through the theme as well? Every time an episode ends, you know, the torture theme. Mm. Sounds like someone's saying stuff through it. Do you, have I you noticed know. it? Yeah, I, have, yeah, I don't know, mate. What are they saying? Is it some subliminal message that's going in every week? I need to know what it is. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, you I will buy my soundtracks. You will buy my soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you will like Broadchurch. Broadchurch will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, scores, mate. I, I think it's me to go first. I think it's you this I week, think, yeah. Right, I'm going to go in with a... 3.5. Oh, <laughs> harsh. Yep. Uh, I'm not, I'm not too far off you actually. I'm a 4.5. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. not, it's not a complete dog's dinner, but um, <laughs> as I said, I find it watchable, but yeah, just not that great. So yeah, 4.5. I can't, can't go higher than that. Yeah. It, my scores quite low as you, as you gathered. Yeah. It's, um, the reason for that is because I am just absolutely bemused as to why two of potentially some of you know the best writers that we have in television today thought that this was all a good idea mm. that i'm just absolutely it's one of life's mysteries to me it's like come on guys mm. jesus wept <laughs> you guys are like you know the best you're like top gun you're like the yeah. elite almost and here you are just putting together this confusingly weird poor story i just can't wrap my head around it i really can't mm. Mm. good yeah anyway. like you said there's a good little concept in there somewhere but it's completely mm. lost yes yeah uh, what did our awesome listeners think to this one then let's jump over to twitter uh, the primeval podcast hello says, guys uh, a cyberwoman covered in barbecue sauce fighting oh. a pterodactyl might look good on a poster for this episode but it just wasn't a good story. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. I'd forgot. Oh, it's awful. For the yeah. sake of our listeners who can't see Adam, he had his face in his hands at the minute. It's just that uh, scene and it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, it had potential, but not much of the story makes sense, nor was good. One cyberwoman covered in barbecue sauce fighting a pterodactyl out of ten. <laughs> Quite agree. Oh dear. Sarah Louise back at the running Hoovian. Says, I struggled with this one. I couldn't buy into the storyline. It made no sense. If you needed to save your girlfriend from alien tech, why not enlist the team of alien experts around you? Exactly. Production values were good. And I think Gwen and Owen stole the show for Yanto's episode, a four out of ten. Cheers, mm, Sarah. Oh, dear. Uh, James, J. Arkham Review says, uh, okay, I like this one. Oh. But mostly for the performances. I love. I really love how... Uh, emotionally charged it is with Gareth David Lloyd giving a stellar job. Bern Gorman, as Owen really sells the fact to Cybermen, uh, is the most dangerous thing in the world and seems legitimately terrified. There's some really good body horror with the poor doctor and the way his eyes replaced just looks gruesome. Mm. But the actual Cyberwoman, and then uh, he puts in capital letters, Chibnall, what were you thinking? Uh, just a pathetic attempt to go, hey, we're adult Doctor Who. Through fetishing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, story-wise a 6.5 yeah 
Yeah, I agree, James. Uh, let's have a look. We had a couple more on Twitter. I'm going to be very unprepared and not find them. Where are we? Where are we? Lost are in we? the ether. Lost in the ether. Yes, there was a couple more. Um, where are we? Yes, there we go. Uh, Harry Brown, Harry Brown 16 says, Cyberwoman is a weird one. There are many elements that just feel wrong or silly, but then some of it works bloody fantastically. I would say mm. the good outweighs the bad, a 7.5. Wow, okay. Okie dokie. And IB Productions says, I personally really hate this story. Acting is poor, storyline is bad, and overall, I just really do not enjoy the story. Mm. Uh, Barrowman and Gareth David Lloyd are good enough. Uh, and the others are very appalling. Uh, and the others are very appalling. Four out of ten. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um, let's do a couple of audio reviews. Uh, first time audio reviewer sender, sender inner. Yes. Uh, this is Ash Prosser. Nice. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Big Doctor Who Big Blue Box podcast. This is Ash Prosser. Uh, first time sending in a voice uh, note. Uh, Cyberwoman uh, by the new Doctor Who showrunner, uh, Chris Chibnall. Now, I don't think this episode is as bad as everybody makes it out to be. I think that it's an okay overall story. It fleshes out Yanto's character as well as a good play on deception, betrayal and loyalty within the Torchwood team. Uh, it's got a bad design for the Cyberwoman. You can see that it was clearly aimed at teenage boys. Uh, like, as well, why would this? Why would the Cybermen equip her with high heel boots? That just really doesn't make sense when you want a tactical advantage. I think mainly the story gets a bad reputation because of how the Cyberwoman looks. Uh, the, en the ending was dark, with Lisa transplanting her brain into the pizza delivery girl's body. Uh, I think it's a good example of why Doctor Who spin-offs should leave more iconic aliens to the main show and stick to using new aliens on their own. Uh, overall... Not good, not bad. Six out of ten. Thanks, guys. Excellent. Six. Six. I thanks. I love it when we get new new voices on the show. Thanks for sending the audio, mate. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, Ash. Very yes, cool. thanks, Ash. Uh, and we have um, another audio clip. This is our regular audio reviewer. This is Sammy. Sammy. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satane here. So, Cyberwoman. I really like this story. I just don't know whether I like the Cyberwoman design or not. I also don't know if it should have been this early in the series, as we don't know Yanto that well yet. That aside, good story. I just wish my DVD hadn't played up whilst I was watching it. Grr. I give it 8 Cyberwomen out of 10. See ya. An eight. Now that does surprise me. I don't know why. I didn't think Sammy would like this one. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, also, um, it wasn't supposed to be this early on in the series, was it? I think it was brought no. forward. Uh, I think it was supposed to be episode six or eight even, but eight. they yeah. they didn't have the scripts ready, so they had to bring it forward. So you're quite right. It does uh, would have maybe benefited from being later on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's rattle through a few on Facebook that we got through. Jordan Shortman, uh, one of our writers, said, uh, certainly one of the weakest episodes of the whole series, uh, but I quite like that there is blood and gore of cyber conversion that we don't see in the parent <laughs> show. Uh, and the design of the cyber woman isn't that bad, ignoring the heels that she has on, uh, which, really, which really takes you out takes you out events uh gareth david lloyd puts in an adequate performance but he's hardly been in the show in the past few episodes so it's hard to care about him that much uh, sadly there is very little to recommend about this one 
Yes. Miles mm. McKenzie. Don't know why, but I've got a bit of a soft spot for this one. Oh. I like the fact that he connects more into Doctor Who and Army of Ghosts Doomsday and is a nice backstory for Yanto Jones. I like the darker elements of the Cybermen too when she tries to upgrade the dude and there's parts of steel in his face. Uh, mm. Just the story felt like it could have had a few tweaks here and there. The team performed brilliantly too. Overall, not too bad, not great. Five out of ten. Cool. Joseph Howarth, possibly the worst episode in Torchwood I've seen. Oh. The concept is utterly stupid. I have no idea why Chibnall ever wrote this story in question. So many plot holes. The Cyberwoman design is just wrong on so many levels and looks very questionable in some areas I can't explain. Mm. I never want to see this episode again. One out of ten. One. Deary me. Uh, Gavrick Sawyer. This is the only Torchwood story I've ever seen. Uh, oh dear, Gavrick. Really? <laughs> Uh, Could be the that, last. <laughs> and that was round at Lewis Palmer's house a few days ago. Hmm. Our listeners are ganging together. I like it. Uh, the ideas are good, but my main problem really lies in the logic of the conversion. Like, how come Lisa's face is preserved when the first bit of cyber conversion to take place on the Doctor was his face? Like, do the Cybermen just pick a random place to start converting people each time? Laugh out loud. That, that whole scene's ridiculous. Yeah. Also, I felt the gore was a little tasteless. Mm. The Cybermen are far too clean and efficient to not consider something like draining blood from their victims first, right? Mm. Story-wise, there are some weak lines and such that detract from the overall experience, but it was fun, I guess. Gives it a 6 out of 10. All round to Lewis Palmer's for next week's episode. Yes. Get the, get the <laughs> kettle on, Lewis. Uh, Kevin Mullen, very short and sweet. He just says, oh dear, 1 out of 10. <laughs> And Lewis Palmer, our, oh. yes, our new host of the uh, Watch for Reviews evening, <laughs> says, uh, take all the visuals out of this and you've got a pretty decent Cyberman story. Uh, performances are pretty great in this, particularly from David Gareth. From Gareth, David Lloyd, sorry. Uh, the way the Cybermen are talked about is amazing. You really feel like they are a huge threat. Unfortunately, as good as some of it is, there's a ton of plot holes. I won't read the rest of Lewis Palmer's review. It's quite long, but he goes on to give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, Dan Pin says, I'm not watching that again. Utter pants. 1 out of 10. <laughs> Fortunately, better episodes to come. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, Mark Atkinson, terrible. 1 out of 10. Ooh. And Zach Jenkin also says, terrible. Out of 10. Terrible. Not even a score. Not even a score. Zero. Crikey Moses. Oh, dearie me. That was tough. Right, anything over on your Geek's Handbag channel? Yeah, I had a couple actually. So Ash White just said it should be deleted. Ah, right. very nice. Very nice. See what we did there, Ash. Uh, Wilhelmina says uh, she loves this episode. Really sad at the end. So Wilhelmina liking it. Kevin Mullen says, why does she have a special costume? It makes no sense except to titillate. Yes. Patrick Sherwood, I uh, really like this episode. He says, one of my favourites from Series 1. Cyberwoman is great. The rest of the cast are good. Um, shining episode for Yanto, so I'm glad he got to have an episode devoted to him. Uh, so he's going to give it a 10 out of 10. Patrick, Wowzers. madness, but uh, good for you, mate. Glad mm -hmm. you like it. Dean Jones says... Um, it's not too bad, but it's far from the best Torchwood. The most glaring issue is the is easily the Cyberwoman suit itself. Just looks ridiculous. Um, there's a bit of repetition because it's confined to one location, uh, but it's understandable. Uh, there can be a bit of forced humour, in particular the scene of dialogue between Gwen and Owen. Yes, very forced. And Dean gives it a 6 out of 10. 
Um, just two more. Bradley Willard, Simon Woman has some interesting ideas, but the overly exaggerated use of blood and gore makes it feel a tad weak for an adult sci-fi series, especially when the narrative suffers as a result. On the other hand, the main cast do give some great performances, performances and it's interesting to see a Doctor Villa portrayed in this extremely dark and morbid fashion on screen and Bradley gives it a 6 out of 10 and finally Martin Vincent our good friend Mr Bad Wolf um, says the core idea is great but it's let down by the execution we're told that in desperation during the Battle of the Canary Wharf Cybermen started conveying everything and anything uh, yet they took time to custom make Lisa her own suit it doesn't make sense uh, if she'd been in a standard Cyberman costume, I think this episode would be held in higher regard, says Martin. So once again, we're bringing up the costume. I think it does have a lot to answer for. Hmm. Yes. And that's Indeed. it. That's, that's it, it, right. That's it. So as we expected then, fairly low to mediocre scores for this one. Mm, yeah. Um, however, one last positive is that we've got it out the way. It's not one I'll be watching again anytime soon. I won't reach for that one for a while. Be, no. Yeah. Uh, unless we're doing like a, I don't know, some sort of Torchwood marathon or something like that. I don't know. But It's, it's interesting to rewatch these actually because um, I am, in, although, you know, episodes good or bad, I am enjoying reevaluating Torchwood because so far it's not as good as I remember, mm. which mm -hmm. makes me think it's not dated as well. I know there's better to come. I, I, I remember thinking back in the day that series two was an improvement, but yeah, it's just interesting going back and, and rewatching these and just seeing if they've sort of held together well. Mm. And so far, bit hit and miss actually. Yeah. Not yeah. like the Sarah Jane adventures, which I'm absolutely loving. Oh, They're I'm the absolute opposite, absolutely opposite of the minute. I'm mm -hmm. loving going through them. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's that done and out of the way. Next week, yeah. we're back to um, Modern Doctor Who. What have we got next week, buddy? So next week is a Matt Smith story, and it is Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Okay. okay. Right, right. So that's, uh, I don't know what series that was. Is it eight, possibly? No, seven, I don't know. Anyway, somewhere. it's Matt Smith. <laughs> somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there. Yes. So get that watched. You fine listeners will be asking for your reviews, etc that next week but yeah I think we'll do there for 198 okay thank you thank you so much guys for sticking with us and giving 198 a good old listen next week journey to the centre of the TARDIS get that watched however means necessary to carry out that mission because uh, uh, keep an eye out on the social channels etc every Monday we put out a request for your reviews and thoughts on these episodes and uh, we read them all out on the show and why not record an audio clip for us uh, up to a minute max just give us your thoughts on the on that week's episode and email it to us hello at bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and we'll play that out too mm, I love the audio reviews they're awesome keep, aren't they? keep yeah. them coming keep them coming yes uh, in the meantime head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of our shows on there and download them and stuff uh, and you can also link off to all of our social accounts we're on Twitter Facebook Instagram uh, head over to those, give us a subscribe, a like and a follow and all that jazz because we do chat plenty of who 
in between our shows that go out every Friday. And there's also big buttons on there to go over to the podcast networks. We're on the big ones, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could spare a minute for a review and a rating, that would be amazing because that really helps. Uh, Also, when you've got a minute, why don't you go over to YouTube and check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Geek's Handbag. Adam (laughs) runs an awesome channel over there. Tons of really cool reviews, unboxings, convention roundups, location visits, the whole shebang. I've got so many vids coming your way, you wouldn't believe it. Soon. I've been a bit quiet recently, but man, I've got some videos coming. (sighs) Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I've got about six that I'm editing at the minute and I want to get them out in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, look out for those. Awesome source. Yeah. So give Adam a subscribe on YouTube, plus he's on the usual socials. Just search for The Geek's Handbag and follow him for geek, humour, wildness, <laughs> and uh, the odd selfie. I'm, every, I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time for 199. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Hey. 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 Hey.